Welcome to this episode of We Believe You, advocacy, resources, and healing around interpersonal trauma. I'm Casey. And I'm Jessica. And I'm Marie. And you're listening to episode 11, Social Construction of Virginity. Social construction means virginity is actually a made-up concept, and there is no biological basis for it. So that means virginity can mean different things to different people. In this podcast, we will talk about the definitions of virginity, what society has taught us about virginity, and why those lessons are problematic. We will also be discussing how this idea of virginity affects survivors of interpersonal violence. Some survivors may face more victim-blaming or increased internalized shame due to the idea of virginity, but we'll talk more about that later in the podcast. Today, I'm excited to have Whitney Gustafson in the studio with me. Whitney wrote her undergraduate thesis on social construction of virginity, was a member of the Red Whistle Brigade, and is a recent graduate of CSU. Welcome to the studio, Whitney. First, would you like to tell listeners a little bit more about you and what your thesis was on? Yes. Thank you, Marie. And I'm so happy to be here on the show with you today. As you mentioned before, I was a member of Red Wilson Brigade, and I worked as a peer educator teaching about interpersonal violence, which is sexual assault, stalking, and relationship violence. I recently also graduated from CSU with majors in ethnic studies and sociology, as well as a minor in women's studies. I identify as a cis, white, queer woman, and I think it's important to name my identities because this definitely affected the way I did my research. I did my best to remain inclusive and intersectional, but really what I found was a sort of general patterns rather than how virginity comes up in a specific community. This was also impacted by the sources that I used and were available. Sometimes the stories I read contained demographics or identities, but often they didn't. I chose to do my research on the topic of virginity because it's something that I really care about and have always been interested in. I also identify as a survivor, which means that I was really close to the work that I was doing. I looked at the concept of virginity historically, how it has changed, how it is constructed today, and particularly how it is constructed in religious communities. I also really looked at how the loss of virginity through sexual assault can lead to shame, especially within religious communities. I had experienced and had heard other survivors who had experienced losing their virginity, however you want to define that, through sexual assault, and then choosing not to talk about this experience with their family or the religious community because of a worry about being shamed or ostracized. I wanted to see if this was something that others were experiencing as well, and I also wanted to break down a little bit of the negative stigma around virginity, show that it is a social construction, and hopefully lead to an empowerment for survivors. Thanks for being with us here today, Whitney. To get started, we're going to talk about how virginity is defined by society. Keep in mind that there are many ways to define virginity. Depending on who you ask, you may get very different answers of how they define virginity for themselves. The dominant narrative around virginity usually goes something like this. A woman has vaginal sex with a man, and then her hymen, aka cherry, breaks and she bleeds. This bleeding is considered proof that she was a virgin. Sound familiar? It probably does, because this is a very common idea about virginity. But there are many other ways people define virginity. Whitney, what are some other views of virginity that came up in your research? So one of the major things that I found was that virginity has definitely changed through time. It's kind of gone on like a roller coaster of importance. We're losing your virginity outside of marriage, meant the onset of moral corruption, madness, and even death <laughs> if you were a woman in the mid to late 19th century, to something that was undesirable for a man to have by the 1980s and more of a neutral attribute for women to have at this time. And then in the 90s, due to some political factors, such as $50 million of federally funded money going to abstinence-only education, virginity once again gained popularity and importance in the U.S., and virginity balls and pledges started to show up. Today, there is a ton of ambiguity around virginity. 
So outside of the dominant narrative you mentioned of penile and vaginal penetration, there are so many other definitions. Some folks see virginity as a gift. Others see virginity as something with different levels. One example of this being technical virginity. Technical virginity is a concept that I saw over and over again. It was often used by people in religious communities as a kind of loophole to be intimate with a partner while avoiding losing their virginity. This allowed for anal sex and fingering or anything but coitus. A lot of people acknowledge oppression of women in their definition of virginity, seeing it as an outdated or overhyped concept dating back to when women were property, or just another way for a man to take a piece of you, or a construction put in place particularly to shame women. Another category of definitions was one that placed more ownership on the concept, such as who I want to remember having sex with for the first time. Virginity is my choice of what to do with my body sexually, or a part of yourself that you willingly give up. The last definition was really awesome to see because it had that added element of consent, which is often missed when we talk about virginity. Other definitions that had consent added in included your first safe, sane, and consensual experience, or when one enters into a fully consensual sexual experience. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of different ways that people define virginity from themselves. And not only has it changed over time, but even when we look at people that it could be different from one person to another. And you'd mentioned kind of pledges earlier. I definitely remember doing pledges growing up through like abstinence-only education. So as Whitney was talking about, there are clearly many different concepts around the idea of virginity because it's a social construct. Oftentimes, we've also associated a medical or anatomical component to virginity. But virginity is actually not an anatomical thing that you can lose. This may be contradicting what you were taught. I know it did for me. You've probably heard terms like pop in the cherry. Well, the cherry is actually the hymen, and it does not pop or disappear. The hymen is actually an elastic, stretchy ring of tissue with an opening that is one to two centimeters from the opening of the vagina. Think of the hymen as a fluffy scrunchie. Think about putting the scrunchie around all of your fingers and then opening the scrunchie with your hand. You'd be able to stretch it open and close it. This is more along the lines of how the hymen functions. The hymen can stretch and it becomes thinner over time. There is an opening in the hymen because menstruation occurs and blood and uteral lining need somewhere to go. You may often hear that the hymen is breaking or popping like we talked about before and that is really inaccurate. There is not a completely enclosed tissue that is penetrated and popped. The hymen does not disappear like a magic trick. If you were born with a hymen, you will continue to have a hymen throughout your life unless you need to have it surgically removed. The hymen also has a lot of diversity, meaning that not everyone's hymen looks the same. Younger women also tend to have a thicker or fluffier hymen, but over time, the hymen will actually become thinner. It can become thinner or thicker depending on hormone fluctuation and levels of estrogen. So during ovulation, it is thinner because there are higher levels of estrogen. If we take a look at it from an anatomical perspective, virginity actually doesn't make a lot of sense. There is no virginity test you can use because the hymen, again, does not disappear or pop. The absence of blood does not mean that you're not a virgin. Many people never bleed during sex, and the presence of blood does not mean that you're a virgin. You could bleed the first time you have sex, or you could bleed the hundredth time you have sex. If someone does bleed, it could be a tear in the hymen, or it could be many other things, such as being too dry, not having enough lubrication, having an STI, or having a medical condition. And bleeding after sex is actually really common in postmenopausal women. 
So you see, there are lots of reasons why someone may bleed, and bleeding after sex cannot be tied to virginity. The only way to truly know if someone is a virgin is to ask them, and even then, it probably isn't any of your business. You may have heard there are medical procedures that allow for someone to become a virgin again. Procedures such as hymen reconstruction, hymenoplasty, hymenohaphy, or restoration of the hymal ring. And these repairs are when the hymen rips or tears, which can often happen again for many reasons beyond sex. However, hymen reconstruction is also being used to regain virginity and is known as re-virginization. And these procedures are not cheap. The average hymenoplasty surgery within the United States costs between $2,000 and $5,000. So even though the medical community agrees there is no way to test for virginity, there are still medical procedures to regain virginity. Revirgination procedures are based on the ideas of virginity we have created as a society, not actual physical anatomy. Hymen restoration rates are on the rise globally because women often face pressures to prove they are virgins. This procedure may be a way of some women to protect themselves from violence or social isolation. Other religious communities allow for individuals to regain their virginity through ceremonies or commitments. For instance, born-again virgins are required to make a commitment to God and community to not have sex moving forward. After an individual does this, they're considered a virgin again. So far, a lot of the focus has been on cisgender women, and we really want to recognize that virginity can affect a variety of genders and different identities. We oftentimes do not talk about how virginity may look different for non-binary folks, or why is there no medical procedure to test men's virginity? Male and transgender survivors are also impacted by the idea of virginity, just in different ways than cisgender women. So as you can see, virginity has many definitions, but how does this all impact us in society today? The idea of virginity is used as a way to control and police people's sexualities and bodies. Whitney, what are some ways the ideas of virginity can be harmful? So like you said, the concept of virginity can be harmful for every single one of us. However, I also want to recognize that this concept is harmful to women in particular because of the way it's focused on women's bodies and their worth. And it's also a concept that has been used to control women's sexuality. However, men are also stigmatized by this concept, especially when they haven't lost their virginity at a certain age. There's this perception that one needs to lose their virginity by a normal age, which can lead to a lot of men lying about their virginity status with their friends and loved ones. It can make people think that they aren't doing what they should be, that they aren't going to find someone, or that they're going to die alone, all things that are directly quoted from my research. Furthermore, with the dominant narrative, women's value is mostly defined through sexual means. The main narrative of virginity is defined exclusively through a heterosexual focus, which leads to the legitimacy of queer sex being questioned, as well as an entire group of people being completely left out of the conversation. The mainstream definition of virginity is also really harmful for survivors. There is so much importance placed on the status of being a virgin for women that it can lead to feelings of regret and even a loss of a sense of who you are. Abstinence-only education is a really great, or maybe I guess really horrible, example of this particularly with the tape metaphor. This metaphor was something I experienced as a survivor, and technically the only non-virgin in a really small sex ed class. A piece of tape is put on someone's arm. When it's ripped off, the tape is murky. The instructor or the teacher then compares the tape to people who have had sex, saying that after you lose your virginity, 
you are dirty or considered worthless and that you will never stick to or love someone else that same amount again. The concept of virginity as a whole allows certain people to remain in power while taking away power from others. For example, women are socialized to believe that they have virginity and that they're supposed to protect it, and that when they do have sex with someone, they're doing something wrong. While men, on the other hand, are socialized to believe that virginity or having sex with someone is something that they're supposed to go after. It's something that they're supposed to take. The last thing we're going to chat about today is how this concept of virginity can affect survivors of interpersonal violence. Survivors are often in a lose-lose situation. On one hand, survivors are called sluts for having too much sex and often blamed for the assault because they were sexually active. The concept of virginity places blame on survivors who do not identify as virgins. On the other hand, survivors who do identify as virgins may be viewed as not having the same value after an assault. Think of the tape metaphor that Whitney talked about earlier. This idea of virginity creates internal blame and guilt for survivors. I have worked with survivors who have felt guilty for losing their virginity because now they can't wait until marriage. Or what if a survivor's family insisted they have a virginity test done and they fail the test because they were sexually assaulted? Remember, testing for virginity is scientifically impossible. The physician may have said the survivor failed the test due to many reasons that may or may not have been related to the sexual assault. The doctor could have said they failed the test because their hymen was torn earlier in life. Tearing could happen when someone is horseback riding, stretching, or even riding a bike. The hymen comes in many shapes and sizes, and it may be due to the way the hymen looked. If the hymen is thinner, it may also explain failing a virginity test. Even though you cannot test for virginity medically, that does not mean that the outcome of the test does not have social implications. There's a good chance their friends and family may view or treat them differently. Survivors have faced backlash from their religious communities because in the eyes of the community, they broke their promise to God. I'm not saying this is always the reaction of religious communities, and some survivors have found healing within their religious communities. Survivors experience internalized blame, victim blaming, and may question their self-worth due to the ideas of virginity. We had a survivor tell us she did a TV interview about her experience of sexual assault. During the interview, a member of the production staff continually held up a sign reminding her to mention that she was a virgin. Now, why were they so concerned about the survivor mentioning that? Well, because her story was viewed as more compelling due to her identifying as a virgin. And that is so messed up, and it really shows the negative impacts the idea of virginity has. Virgin, not virgin, either way survivors are going to face victim blaming rooted in the idea of virginity. When a survivor is reporting to law enforcement, they may be treated differently depending on if they identify as a virgin or not. The concept of virginity may show up with the district attorney in deciding what cases they pick up. Keep in mind there are also many other social identities that affect a way a survivor is heard and treated by the system. Virginity is affected by gender, as we talked about before, and it is also affected by racial identity. White women's virginity is valued over women of color's virginity. This is clear when we look at cases that the district attorney brings to court. It's clear when we look at the racial oppression survivors of color face. It is also clear when we take a look back at history and see who dominant society was trying to protect. Whitney, what are some other ways the idea of virginity has affected survivors? 
So like we mentioned earlier, it can lead to survivors not processing their trauma because they worry about being shamed or ostracized from their community. And when you think about that, survivors are already dealing with so much. To have to deal with this too and to not have an outlet to process a traumatic experience can make it so much worse. Also, when self-worth is tied to virginity, people can feel like they have lost a really important piece of themselves, a piece of themselves that makes others value them, and it can also mean a loss in belonging or a loss of feeling worthy. In some, these constructions of virginity can lead to a lot of harm for both survivors and for the general population. However, one of the really cool things that I found while doing this research is the ways in which virginity has been reconstructed, particularly by survivors, in really empowering ways. A survivor may add the element of consent into their definition of virginity, which means that they can continue to identify as virgins if that's something that's important to them. They may also identify as a born-again virgin, which means that they acknowledge what happened to them, and also they want to be able to lose their virginity on their own terms, with who they want to, and when they want to do it. As we discussed, virginity is a social construct, and you get to determine the definition for yourself. If you want to consider yourself a virgin, you can. If you want to throw out the idea of virginity completely, you can. If your idea of virginity changes over time, that's cool. You also get to determine the value you place on virginity because your worth is not determined by the number of partners you have or have not had. For all of the support systems out there, we understand it can be complicated. There may be cultural and identity pieces coming into play. Just remember that in that moment, when a survivor discloses to you, it's important to just support them. Try to not shame or blame the survivor for the amount of sex they choose to have. They may already be experiencing internalized blame, and your job as a support system is to believe them. Another way to support survivors is to validate the way they are choosing to define their virginity for themselves. This can create empowerment for survivors, and as a support system, this is a really good way for you to be able to give power back to that survivor. Be there for your friend, family member, or partner, and let them know that this was not their fault and you believe them. Support them with the decisions that they're making. So that's all for this episode of We Believe You. Advocacy, resources, and healing around interpersonal trauma. Please remember that the WGAC is here to provide support for all CSU students, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. To reach an advocate, you can call 970-492-4242. If you have feedback, thoughts, comments, questions, or you want to be interviewed for the podcast, please email wgac at colostate.edu. That's wgac at colostate.edu. For more information about advocacy in the Women and Gender Advocacy Center, go to wgac.colostate.edu. You can also find the WGAC on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And a big shout out to Xavier Hadley for creating the music used in this podcast and to our partnership with KCSU here at Colorado State University. For more KCSU content, go to kcsufm.com. Thank you so much for listening.